questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to the season premiere of Veritas, season 9. And first and foremost, I want to thank you, Veritas members, for keeping this show alive. Your words, your encouragement, your messages, your loyalty, your support is what fuels this radio program. And without you, we wouldn't have it. So once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I also want to thank some of the people that keep things moving. Vic Giza with his wonderful art every week, putting a smile in our faces. Tyler, Samantha, and many others who lend us a hand every so often. New year, new music, additional topics. As I said before, the topics that used to be covered on Sanitas are now coming to Veritas too. So you'll have a plethora of new things this year. I also need your input shortly you will have a poll where you'll be able to vote for your favorite topics. I want to hear from you. I want to feel your pulse because you are the ones who are going to be shaping this program from this point forward. You've always had, but I haven't done a poll for a long time, so I think it's time for us to do so. Eight years, now we're starting the ninth, but as far as this show is concerned, I am very excited to still be around, to still be on the air, even though certain outfits out there from the media are considering outfits like Veritas to be fake news, when in fact, you know, are the mainstream media themselves. So the fact that you're listening to this program, waking up to the truth every week, waking others up all the time, I'm just flattered, humbled, honored to still be able to to conduct this program. As I said in the past few days, for those who don't like uh, PayPal, now you have Stripe, another payment method. PayPal's still around. Also, we are bringing back Bitcoin by popular demand. I stopped using it a long time ago just because I saw the Bitcoin go down and I didn't know if it was going to survive. But as of today, it's $715 a Bitcoin. It's still going. So why not give a chance to those people who want to pay with Bitcoin? So that's another option available to you. Now here are some ideas for the holidays. Now that season eight is over, we have the eight gigabyte futuristic metal case USB drive available with all the shows of season eight and some bonuses inside. So check it out on the very test store. Also, if you never listen to Sanitas, there's three full seasons available to you. You can still subscribe. There's one subscription type that gives you one full year to listen and download to all the programs. So even if you if you have and you want to buy it for somebody else, you can still do so by going to the website and buying a subscription for them. The same thing you can do here on Veritas. So great options for the holidays. You don't have to think about what to give. A pair of socks, stuff that people are going to be putting away in a drawer somewhere. Give them the gift of truth or the gift of health. What can you expect the new season? Well, lots of great guests. We have Peter Schiff coming in the next few days and other surprises for the near future. So stick around. And for those of you who still have the grandfather rate, thank you for sticking around for so many years. It really means a lot to me. 
I'm going to make our intros shorter, but tonight being the season premiere, I just wanted to give you a heads up of what's coming in, basically to just celebrate with you. As always, if you want to listen to tonight's radio program and eight full seasons, hundreds of hours of truth, you know what to do by now. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and click on the subscribe button. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or simply have feedback, you know, I always love to hear from you. And for our Season 9 premiere, once again, we are delighted to have our friend Cliff High from HalfPassHuman.com join us tonight on Veritas. Hello, Cliff. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back for another year. Thank you very much. It's turning into something of a tradition, yeah. Absolutely. And before we started the uh, the break, I noticed that we we're both kind of coughing a little bit, not because I have the flu or anything, but you mentioned that you had the same situation going on over there in, in, in Washington. What's going on? Do you think chemtrails have something to do with this? Yeah, I certainly do. And we're in a situation where we've got chemtrails as well as these um, uh, squalls or line storms that are blowing through. So, uh, And, you know, it's really weird, but when they form up chemtrails, they will make giant mats of them here off the West Coast because they know they're going to blow east. And so uh, they're, you know, they're actually staged to up here to blow east for whatever effect they're attempting to achieve. But, of course, we're underneath them while they're doing that. So uh, we've just had kind of rough air here for a few days. It's okay when it's raining, uh, but then it lets up and then you can see the chemtrails and then you're off hacking and coughing again. One thing I've noticed on my side here, I've never woken up in the middle of the night to notice my mouth, my tongue dry as a leaf. I've never seen that happen. Do you think they actually take the humidity out of the air? Certain of that. I've actually done tests to that effect and seen seven and nine degrees of relative humidity be dropped as uh, the big chemtrail mats float across us here in western Washington. Bear in mind, I'm like um, I'm on the other side of the Olympic Mountain Range from the actual coast. Uh, they they form these up in the in the calm air between. Uh, the Olympic Mountain Range and the Cascade Mountain Range, which is over Puget Sound, where I am. They don't go much further south than where I am because then you start getting into open plains areas and you can't create these big mats that they try and achieve with five and six planes flying in these crosshatch patterns. Once the, Apparently, once it reaches a certain volume uh, or it heats up or something, it lifts up and goes over the Cascade and heads east. Uh, so, uh, But in the meantime, we're living with them here. I've been down into Portland and came up by train, was able to observe the activity from uh, Kelso Longview, which is uh, 40, 50 miles south of me. And uh, you can just watch Puget Sound be covered, but no place much further south than uh, Olympia or so. And in the whatever effect they're attempting to achieve, uh, it, it a side effect of that is what it does to us for the humidity, and we know that they're spraying aluminum in a microparticle size, and that's exactly what people put into deodorants uh, to try and glom onto the body and, and control moisture so you don't get bacteria. And we see aluminum used as a, a powder for as a desiccant in all different kinds of applications. So it makes sense if you're going to be breathing that, you're going to wake up with it, uh, you know, on your tongue and all dried out. I keep I keep water by my bed and and have to wake up at night yeah. when they're doing the chemtrails just to keep keep enough fluids moving. Interesting, you mentioned deodorants because in the summer, you know, I usually wear natural deodorant, but my wife says, "Hey, we're going to go to so and so's house. You're going to sweat. Bring the old deodorant." And I brought my good old. I'm not going to mention the brand, but I I was wearing it, and not even half an hour later. Now I guess I'm used to not wearing it. I started feeling sick 
almost as if the chemicals and the propylene glycol and whatever else gets into my head. It, it certainly does. There are chemicals in there that can cross the, um, well, what's known the as blood the blood-brain brain barrier. Brain. Correct. And and where do you pick it up? You pick it up on those areas of the body that are stretchy skin, such as under the arms, where, of course, the whole intent is to have all these glands there. And the glands, sweat glands, uh, as they're sweating out, they take stuff in. It gets into the gland and gets into the glandular system, gets into the lymph, and then right into the brain. And there you go. Yeah. Well, let's let's begin. Even though it's just a, a few hours ago, a few moments ago, hot off the press, you forwarded the December Ulta report, and our listeners can buy it at halfpastcommune.com right now, correct? Correct. Yeah, we just, just had it posted uh, about noon um, West Coast time. Even though I have the report here, I'll also be jumping around to discuss things that may or may not be included in the report, and I know you're always okay with that. Let's begin with the elections. December 19th. Smooth ride and Trump legally wins via the electoral votes, or are we still going to see any attempts by the opposition to derail that? The emotional parameters say smooth. Uh, there's going to be uh, a- attempts as of that are ongoing now, but they're going to uh, be drained away of, emo- of, of the energy and sort of fade. So uh, our data sets don't show anything that's uh, untoward there at all. What about the delusional recount uh, melodrama of uh, uh, Jill Stein? And do you think Soros and and the Clintons were behind this recount attempt? I think that they paid for that, but I don't think that they really wanted it to succeed. So I'm not sure what the point of it was. You know, it may it. Uh, anything that I would say to that would be speculation, but I'm quite certain that Soros's money is involved in that, as well as all of the. Um, um, Oh, well, let's call them anarchists. You know, they're paid by him, so so they're not very anarchistic. But um, uh, these uh, the paid riots and so forth. Um, again, I don't know what his point is. I just don't know what they try. We're trying just like Occupy Wall Street. What are they really trying to accomplish? There's a uh, has been a move um, that we could characterize very. Uh, in a binary fashion, okay? Let's just say that uh, over time, we've seen a, a slip in the or a shift in the population. Uh, no, let me phrase it a different way. Uh, a split. Let's say that we've seen a split in the population over the last uh, 45 years in an accelerating fashion, but really since uh, uh, Nixon took us off the gold standard, we've seen a split from uh, that part of the population that actually works for a living in terms of producing something of value that then the universe then rewards um, and those people that actually don't produce anything. And by that, I would mean government, you know, any lawyer, anybody whose job is to, to shuffle things around. In the first category, I'm putting the people that grow stuff, the people that are machinists, uh, you know, the people that run uh, plastic pressing mills, this kind of thing. Those individuals that are manufacturers that actually produce some atoms, move them around, and you in some way consume those atoms. Even if it's, you know, a plastic glass you're using at a, um, uh, at a ball game, you're consuming those atoms that someone had to produce for you. So those are the producer class. The producer class, since Nixon took us off the gold standard, uh, have been getting uh, shafted daily. You'll be able to plot a correlation in, in uh, uh, tick by tick between the uh, rise of the 1% and the reduction of the uh, middle class 
uh, and the the departure from the ability to have convertible gold for the U.S. dollar for for the world world reserve. So once that occurred in the 1970s, 72, we end up with a situation where the producer class is is drowning under the effects of the debt that is making up the difference between. Um, the, or the gap, so to speak. Those people that are not producing, that are simply consuming, are re- demanding more of the producer class, but they're not contributing for it. They're not paying universe back for it, so to speak. And so not contributing for it, there's, there's a deficit. In a very real sense, the calories that somebody eats if they don't grow their own garden, they create a deficit that has to be made up by a farmer somewhere. And this is where the exchange system of money comes in to get that deficit uh, filled by that farmer's surplus. Plus. And so that's really how universe works at this basic supply and demand level across all. And it's basically a barter system backed by gold, digits, dollars, all of this sort of thing. So now since the gold convertibility, though, the money, the actual um, uh, species, the currency that's been circulating has not been holding its value all through the 40s, 50s and 60s. That was not the case. The dollar did hold its value in the in the middle class thrived. And the one percent was very, very, very small and didn't make much money because they had to actually pay out real stuff to get real stuff back. Then Nixon took us off the uh, the gold standard and said, we're not bound to reality anymore. Let's all party party down and drink this illusionary beer. And they called the illusionary beer the U.S. dollar or, or the Federal Reserve note. And since then, we've been drinking this illusionary beer. But at some point, we wake up with the hangover of the illusionary beer and we've got to suffer through it. And that's where we're at now, where the producers, those guys that have been suffering under the degradation of the dollar saying no more. I can't support as a producer, you know, a farmer out there, he's saying I can't support a thousand people with my machinery on on the fields and stuff here and also have to support another thousand and a half, fifteen hundred people in a, a social system and still be able to pay taxes or be productive for myself. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And so that was the the basic conundrum that society faces here. The cultural revolution of the past, say, 15 years or so, as we uh, became more and more concerned about those people that choose to identify themselves with their genitalia to the exclusion of everything else uh, and to raise issues about it, as as we move into these politically correct uh, niche markets, so to speak, we we are losing uh, the producer class, we've lost them. And so what happened here was this last time was the military s- stood up and said, pointed fingers at the um, uh, the neoliberals, neocons, whatever you want to call them. It's just the same crew, Bush, Clinton, it doesn't make any difference. It's the supporting crew that is causing all the problems. And the military pointed fingers at him and said, you know, y'all be crazy if you think you're going to win a war against Russia. And we're not going there. And so that was what happened in this last this episode. And so the the cultural war that we have had in the past 15 or 20 years, which was being engineered to a certain extent, has failed. Now, the reason it has failed is is uh, multiplicitous. There's many, many, many different reasons at many different levels. But one of the primary reasons is that the demographics aren't there. So the cultural revolution that Mao was able to lead in his uh, late um, leadership period when he should have been shuffled off into, uh, you know, the Ch- old Chinese uh, leader's home, uh, he was able to galvanize a, uh, a very young social warrior population. And they uh, took over the country of China, and he wrestled the power back from people that had undermined him over like 15 years or so. And so uh, the same attempts, the same approach was used here with the – if you'll note, there's a – 
an amazing correspondence between Common Core and Mao's One Thought, One People. Uh, and uh, all of the and the net result in Mao's case was a <clears throat> excuse me was a rising demographic where the the younger population due to um, increases in uh, food supply and so forth outnumbered the older population and they were able to force Mao's will out as social justice warriors that has failed here in the United States because of one condition and that's demographics the the um, uh, millennials and the subsequent generations, while they're now uh, voting and act, being activated, they are not sufficiently large enough to encounter the to counter the emotional strength and the uh, economic strength of the generations they're trying to oppose. So it won't happen here. Now let me stay with the gold standard for a moment. Uh, since money is is no longer backed by anything of value, namely gold, is the ninety nine percent suffering because their savings have been diluted by the creation of money out of Correct. thin air and, and artificially inflated the economy and reduced purchasing power? Correct. Because every time you hear the Federal Reserve say, we're, we're targeting 2% inflation, you need to, to put in a couple of different other words in your brain. Words have power. That's why they lie to you and use different words. They're targeting 2% inflation. What you need to hear is they are targeting 2% of my money. They're going to take 2% of my purchasing power. They want to reduce my ability to buy something by, by two cents out of every damn dollar. That's their goal. It's not a good thing. And they want to do this year after year after year. What am I to be left with? <clears throat> I had this um, friend of mine in, uh, in the 60s who was a son of a, um, a baronet or something from England. I uh, went to school with him, and he, he was really educated in economics at a time when all of his kids thought you know, economics was – uh, how many finnings there were to a mark, that kind of thing, <laughs> right. right? And so, but he always said that inflation was the um, royals' way of politely stealing from the serfs. Yeah, and that's that's truly what it is anymore, and, and continuously. So we're we're kind of screwed now. The good news is we're at the end of the game. The reason that we're at the end of the game is because we face a an extinction level event for our species over these next ten years, and this or twenty years maybe. The extinction level event has to do with the return on investment for the amount of oil that we get for the amount of oil expended. It doesn't do you any good to dig a uh, to pump an oil a barrel of oil out of the ground if it took you two barrels of oil to find it. It's a net loss. And in our species at the moment, in order to maintain our civilization as it is, we need something between twelve and fifteen barrels. A return on investment for every barrel we put out just to maintain the illusion that we're, we're an operating functioning society just in order to pay for the people that are not producing. So in the worst case scenario, we're going to have a, an economic crash so horrific that it, that will coincide with a, um, uh, a mini ice age that all of the people that are not producers, all of the people that are living by um, virtue of uh, the, the debt uh, being put on the society, all of those people will out, be out uh, you know, pulling tractors uh, through the field or pulling the harvesting equipment in vast gangs of humans because we won't have the oil to do that and this will be the only way we can get calories. That's kind of like the worst case scenario, maybe as early as 10 or 20 years down the road as as the energy supplies uh, dwindle because it'll get to a point of rationing. You can't, for instance, run a carbine off of a solar panel. You know, you can't produce enough energy off of solar panels to run a civilization and harvest the food it needs uh, to eat because the food it needs to eat is a very um, uh, brutally intense kind of uh, energy consumption that solar panels just don't do well at. And you would have to have vast quantities of them in, in a in a 
uh, levels that we are just not prepared for. So we face an energy crisis unlike anything that's... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.